episode of The Smoke Break, we have youth advocate Veronica Bustillos inspiring us with her dedication to improving lives. Check us out on Shady Pines Radio, Pretty Dope Experience Radio, as well as Spotify, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Dio. Hi, friends. Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And Veronica Bustios. What up, what up? Excellent. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into it. But first, I'm going to need to know a little bit about what you do. Okay. So I am the on-site supervisor for a nonprofit organization called Step Up. And we are located at one of the schools, which is McDaniel High School. Um, I supervise about 10 advocates, and we support the youth in in the school and um, try to get them to speak their truth. Um, We not only tutor them, but we mentor them as well. So it could be mental health, family problems, communications with maybe admin, um, peer pressure, you name it. Yeah, so you... So you help them uh, in regards to uh, learning school subjects as well as the stuff outside of it that's going to be super helpful. 100%, yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, so it sounds like you're, you're talking to students kind of from like a position of power, um, but at the same time being able to see them eye to eye. Correct. I, I hate to use the word power because it yeah. makes me sound like I'm all-knowing. Sure. Um, <laughs> they're actually the ones teaching me a lot. Yeah. Um, so I... I tend to like to be more like I resonate with them. And because we both are able to resonate together, um, the conversation flows a lot better. Yeah, it's like being a peer, but you have maybe a little bit more like life experience. Um, So yeah, I guess I like how you said that too, the position of power thing, because you don't want to be like talking at them. People Mm -hmm. don't really respond to that, but being like eye to eye and being like, I'm also a person that's helping you. And I just have different life experiences or maybe more experience in life (laughs) to help guide you through it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I, I think it's incredibly important to kind of come at some of those uh, some of those issues uh, at, uh, from a place of, you know, almost talking to them eye level. Because Amanda and I mm-hmm. were talking about talking to uh, kids uh, that were like, you know, uh, in kindergarten and stuff. And it's like you kind of have to get down on their level and be like, hey, you know, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking down to you or yeah, down exactly. at you. I'm you know, we're on the same thing. We're, we're trying to get the same things. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, one of my questions is, is. You know, what's, what do you find useful when trying to communicate with, with kids that maybe other people might have given up on? Yeah. Oh, that's, I, I, I try to do a couple things. Um, I listen. I mm-hmm. think a lot of uh, adults especially don't want to listen to kids. It's like yeah. you do what we tell you to do, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you don't, there's a door, right? Yeah. So very much listening to them and then validation. Like I might not agree on how you feel, but they have the right to feel the way that they do. Yeah. And yeah. that's really important to, to understand that. Like, I might not agree with you, but hell, that's your feelings. And um, you have the right to feel that way. And then the last piece is like, when you do those two things, the solution piece comes in naturally. Um, yeah. They might not get what they want, but they're like, at least I got heard as a human being. Yeah. I, I was mm-hmm. validated. This person cares about me, wants to know my story, wants to know my trauma and wants to support me. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what helps me stay grounded for myself and then for them to feel like, damn, she does understand me. You know, yeah. so being real, like being real. 100 mm. percent. 
And when you started doing this work um, almost 20 years ago, right? Yes. Was it was that something that you came into the job with or did you have to learn that over time? To be honest, I actually got lucky. Um, I didn't have support when I was a, a youth coming into to America. So I felt very isolated. But then um, I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I want to help youth. Um, I know how it is to come to a country where you know nothing about this country. And then the, su the suppression that was going on. And so I was like, okay, I've got to do something different. I got to make sure that I support these kids. And it was started volunteering first because I didn't have any experience. Um, they wanted this education that I didn't have. I still don't have. I'm, I'm going to college right now for it. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, so it's, yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, um, there was a plan in place, right? I knew I wanted to help kids out. And then how was I going to do that? And not listen to the anarchy of, well, you got to do this before you do that. Like, nah, fuck all that. Mm -hmm. I got to do mm -hmm. what is most important, which is the youth number one. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. No. Um, so I guess like one of my questions is, is how did your personal experience kind of shape how you uh, interacted and viewed the, the needs of some of these students? You got an hour? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 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 we actually only have an hour. <laughs> well, I won't take it up then. Um, for me, I honestly, I'll, I, I want to be like 100% real with you all. So I was on the streets of Mexico. Um, my mom was trying to raise five of us. Um, my dad came in and out of the picture, a very abusive man. And um, one day um, came to this uh, American lady that came into Mexico where I live, Sierra Juarez. If you guys know anything about Sierra Juarez, it's a cartel city of the world. Mm. And um, my mom um, gave me up for adoption when I was uh, nine, going almost 10. And... Um, came to America and I was back in the 1980s, they were telling my family and all families, like there was 49 states affected um, by this adoption agency. Mm -hmm. And they were telling the American families to tell the kids that were adopted, the adoptees to forget your country. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, forget your language. Excuse me. It still gets really emotional for me. Yeah. Forget everything that you knew. Um, growing up. And so for me, it was like telling my parents, like, stop trying to make me white. I'm mm. not white. This is my country. I'm never going to forget where I'm from. Mm. I'm never going to forget who I am. And it wasn't, I don't want to talk bad about my parents because my parents are freaking amazing people. They were only doing what was told to, to them. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a total genocide to me. Mm. Um, so for me, it was, it was heartbreaking. And then you go to the schools and the schools were not helping either because back then they weren't doing what they needed to do, which was support students that didn't speak the language. How about being behind? Like I've never been to school before. Um, coming to America was the first time I ever went to school and then, um, not having the support. So I became very unruly. Um, I was already feeling like I couldn't do things because I was in a country that I didn't, didn't know me. I was surrounded by white people instead of my own people. Right. Um, the food was different. The culture was different. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything you can think of was a culture shock. Yeah. And I didn't have support. Now, I'm not, like I, like I said, um, my parents were trying their hardest, but they didn't, they didn't understand my trauma. Um, they didn't know I had trauma because I didn't speak English, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Having all that was extremely hard for me. And then then you you get used to it and you get to the custom of the American life. <laughs> this is the kicker. 
then you start feeling guilty because you're like, wait a minute, now I have food. Mm-hmm. Now I have clothes on my, mm. on my back. Now I've got sh- shoes. And I kept thinking about my family in Mexico. And I was like, they don't have those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had survivor's guilt. Totally. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. And as a little girl, like, you don't know what the hell's going on. You're just having all these emotions and then trying to deal with all the trauma behind that mm-hmm. as well. And that's how I knew that there had to be a better system for our youth. Not just kids coming from out of the country in, into the States, but also kids that were born here in the States and having trauma in their own backyards. Yeah. That's how I knew it was like, there needs, there needs to be a support system. And, yeah. and not just a support system, but the youth need to also figure out how to speak up for themselves without, um, you know, they don't have to be unruly, right? right? That's even, I hate to even use that because I feel like youth speak their truth. Yeah. yeah. And they speak it by being blunt. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so if you understand that, then you won't be so like, oh, you're hurting my feelings right. or, hey, you can't speak that way. Like, fuck all that. Let them yeah. speak the way that they want to. Mm-hmm. They're speaking their truth. Mm-hmm. They're speaking their realness. And then when you do that for them, then they will want to be about you. Yeah. And they want to be for you mm-hmm. and for themselves and then for the future. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's when I knew like, okay, I got this. That's right. Awesome. I 100% got this. So you pretty much had like a natural inclination based off of your experience that you had um, to sort of provide that which was lacking. Um, And then a question that I have is, was there and is there um, a role model that you had or have that sort of inspired you or made you believe that you could become the person that you are today? Um, besides my children, I have to say my mom, my, my, my real mother. Um, I felt like because of what, at first I was really angry with her, right? Uh, rightfully so. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was angry with her. I was like, what the fuck? Why are you giving me up? Like who gave you the right to put me somewhere else when I'm the one being the mom, um, on the streets with my younger siblings. Mm-hmm. And so it was when I got my first born child um and they placed him in my arms I was like shit Mm -hmm. you would do anything for your kid yeah Mm -hmm. and that's how I knew like I put all this anger to the wrong person and all that anger and hate like completely turned around and I had a lot of respect for my mom and I had been searching for her for for years and years because I wanted her to know like I honored her name Mm. and I wanted her to know like who who I, I am and the reason why I I was given a second chance. It was because of her grace, mm-hmm. yeah. her agony, her sacrifice, yeah. right? That's that's when it was my aha moment. Yeah. It sounds like having a, a child of your own gave you a lot of perspective on, you know, the, the struggles that she dealt with that maybe you didn't have that perspective when you were younger. Exactly. And, and the sad thing is, too, like, the, the great thing is, like, yes, that changed me, but I had trauma, and I didn't know how to handle that trauma. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I was like a great mom at first, and then I wasn't a great mom in the middle of their age years, right? And I had to realize, like, what is going on with Veto that isn't getting her shit together? Because my point of having children wasn't to traumatize them, yeah, right. right? But I was causing trauma. And I'm not giving myself an excuse. I'm giving myself understanding. Mm-hmm. Understanding that, damn, I didn't deal with my own trauma. And when I started realizing that I did have it, 
then I was able to, to heal my own shit. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm scot-free with my kids. Like, my kids and I are extremely close. But that took years of me having to apologize for my own bad behavior. Yeah. Right? yeah. I really like what you said about not giving yourself an excuse, but giving yourself understanding. Yes. Correct. And that's what that's the difference. People always are like, well, I did this because of this. No, I understand now why I was doing certain things, um, and I changed it. And I apologized to my children, and I showed love towards them. And that's why my kids now have been, excuse me, not just now, they have been very close to me. They have been very vocal about um, our closeness and also the times when we weren't close. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been able to vocalize about things that I did do to hurt them um, and and be there. And, like, you know how hard that is to, like, have your (laughs) kids? So fucking hard, especially because you have so much love for these kids. And, And then having to hear that, but... I have to stay humble because I'm like, if I really want to change kids' lives, it's not because I did this. It was because my children taught me mm-hmm. how to be better so I can go out there and be better to these kids. Yeah. yeah. People always say, oh, thanks, thank you, Ms. Vero, it's because of your life experiences. No, it's because my children had to endure some stuff that, because of my own shit that they were able to be patient, loving, caring, understanding, have compassion towards me and forgiveness that I was able to go, okay, now, kiddos, I'm so sorry. Thank you for the grace. I'm going to show the same grace to other children. And that's yeah. beautiful because you're healing that trauma instead of repeating it. And it's like a lot of times people use trauma as an excuse for bad behavior. And mm-hmm. so it can be a reason, but it can't be the excuse that you keep doing it. Right. So to like have that and just know that you want to do better by them and also having that grace towards your mother and realizing that was probably one of the most difficult decisions she had to make as a mother. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And grace to myself. Like mm-hmm. I've had to show grace to myself because, you know, no matter how many, uh, my kids are all grown now, but and no matter how much grace you have, you also are thinking back about like, damn, I could have done this better. Mm. You know, I was a single mom of four kids. Like, damn, I could have provided this. But I'm like, no, stop. Give yourself grace. You did the best that you knew how. You repaired all of that crap. You did right by them, and you moved forward. I can't beat myself up over that. You can't. And I love that you have the relationship with your kids where um, a lot of people, they have kids, and then it's sort of like they're living their life. I'm living my life. I'm trying to teach them. I'm trying to guide them. I'm trying to support them. But you also have this sort of growth that you experience just from them having the experience that they had with you as a mom and you having the experience with your parents as a child and just allowing that sort of legacy to grow and develop into something new based off of um, those relationships that you have with your kids. So I really love yeah. that. And it's uh, very inspiring for Thank me you. to hear. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, excellent. So, well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio, and you can check us out on Spotify. Hey, I got an idea. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen video game music every Sunday, 3 p.m. Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindio. Hello. Malik Ray Sean. What's poppin'? And Veronica Bustillos. What up? 
I think I nailed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the second part, um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about, uh, you know, working in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I've done a little bit myself. Um, you also being a brown person, uh, but you also being a woman, which is an experience that I don't have. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, you know, the hurdles and obstacles that you may have come across. Yeah. Wow, that one's a tough one. Um, forgive me if I do get emotional because it's still like on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, worked for the Metro Gang Unit and I worked for the Special Victims Unit. And when you're in those kind of positions, you're with the police department. And primarily, prim- excuse me, I don't know how to say the word, prominently more men than women mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. those in that field. And um, I'm going to give you the experience in Utah. Um, I got transferred over there to work um, with the with the youth there. And I could not believe that no matter what I was doing, I, it was, I was always second guessed or my, I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, and they always threw my education in my face. Um, Mm. I don't have any education. Let me, let me back up. I actually do have, um, some now, but Mm -hmm. I didn't at that time. And I always told people like, you're going to hire me anyways, because one, a, they need me. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that they needed me. Um, somebody that looked like their youth um, and somebody that had a lot of experience um, personally and also experience with working with the youth. But the the fight that constantly happened, um, I remember going to court one time and the judge didn't like what I had to say because he was, um, I had a, a case that was a week prior that was a white student mm-hmm. and he had two priors and he kind of slapped his hand on the, you know, on the, slapped his hand and didn't give him any, um, any, uh, repercussions. Mm -hmm. But then I get this, uh, Mexican kid that, um, has no priors. He's a gang affiliated, but had no, no criminal activity. Mm -hmm. And he was slamming this kid with, I mean, a hundred hours of community service hours and thousand, um, dollars of fines and all this stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. So (laughs) so I, I was, you know, Telling him, uh, hey, don't forget case so-and-so. And he's like, you know, you might want to tread lightly. Oh. Whoa. And I remember thinking to myself, nah, I'm I'm done getting pushed around. Because I was yeah. getting pushed around left and right in, in Utah. If it wasn't my admin at the schools, it was the POs. If it wasn't them, it was the detention centers. And, and now here we are with the judges and attorneys, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember the judge, um, I, I he wanted to talk to me behind uh, his chambers. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And, you know, we're, we're friends outside of, uh, outside of work. So I was kind of like, he was talking to me a certain way. And I was like, you know, fuck this. You're, you're being racist right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're purposely trying to pick on this kid because you all you're seeing is brown and you're seeing his affiliation. You're not seeing anything else. This kid, just so you know, he's an A student. Yeah. Um, and so we come back and he threatened me with 15 days uh, in, co- in, in jail for contempt. And I looked over at my, my partner and I said to her, you might want to call my kids because I'm going to be serving 15 days in jail, maybe more. I was ready. Yeah. I was ready. We're not doing this shit anymore. I'm not going to tip 20 more. This kid needs me. And this kid's like, Hey, um, Miss Vetto, it's okay. Like, don't, I'll do whatever, you know, the judge tells me to do. And I said, no, no. I said, hold on. You told me you wanted me to fight for you. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is what it looks like. Cause this kid has been told so many times that people would fight for him, but then they would back down. Yeah. Because the heat does get hard, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I was scared to death. I did not want to go to jail. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I cannot let this kid down and all the black and brown kids behind me and yeah. their parents. Yeah. 
So I just stood there and I was like, okay, it's time to breathe. And I just told the judge, I said, have you seen what's been going out there? All the police right now are getting scrutinized, not just in our state, but globally. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to throw a person, a woman of color, that's an advocate for the youth, not mm -hmm. just a regular person. I'm a mentor. Mm -hmm. I fight yeah. for victims' rights. You're going to throw somebody like that in jail. You will be the next person on the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. It will not be me. Hell yeah, bitch. I and so it. I just kind of <laughs> waited for his answer, and he went lightly on my student, which I was hoping he would do. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you, after that moment, that student now, he's second year um, in college. He's mm -hmm. gone to the University of Oregon, and he is the ambassador for that school. Oh, my yes. God. Okay. That is awesome. This student wrote an article. I had no idea that he had written this article until he told me just recently, about six months ago, that he wrote this article and emailed it to me. And I was reading it, and he said on there, I'll never forget, he said, if it wasn't for that moment, it would have completely derailed my life. I, wow. would, have, mm -hmm. I would have gone either way. Mm -hmm. I would have either gone gotten my education or I would have continued with the path of being in a gang because I thought that they were my family. Mm -hmm. yeah. And bam, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like tearing up over yeah, here. Like I'm seriously, fun. yeah. <laughs> no, I. It's so as, hard. Uh, as somebody, like I got busted with like crystal meth when I was younger and I was like, it, I was just at a point where I was like, if I, if they throw me in jail or I stay on probation, I'm going to be stuck in this town. And if I'm stuck in this town, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's yep. like the people who fight for you to like get you out of that, like, cause that judge, he doesn't know. He doesn't, he does it's either he doesn't know or he doesn't care. And I think yeah. he more doesn't care. Yeah. So it's like to see somebody who like just genuinely like just advocates for youth that everyone else has given up on, you yeah. know? Yes. For real. Yes. Everybody else has already decided you're a criminal. Everyone else has already decided you're a problem. And then they mm -hmm. throw you in with the rest of the problems and you become a bigger problem. And then they act surprised that you, that, that yeah. it happened the way it happened. 100%. So, you know, just the, the fact that you were able to do what you did in that situation. And I'm sure many more times, like yes. even, you know, throwing yourself in the way of just being like, you know what? No, like I'm not going to get stepped on. And if it means that I got to serve time, well, this kid's going to have to serve time too. So, you know, like, and everybody else is going to have to serve time if I keep, you know, uh, allowing myself to be walked on. And exactly. yeah, and that's, that's, what, that's what's so hard is like, I really believe, you know, obviously you have white privilege, Mm -hmm. But then there's also this other privilege that, that and I'm not, I'm not saying that we have the same privilege that white people have, but um, a, a beautiful black woman said to me one time, because you know how to speak up and you aren't afraid to use your voice. That's taking years for me to learn. Don't get me wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I have a certain privilege where I can speak up and I can talk and I can fight for people's rights. Right. And I thought about that and I was like, you know what? They're right. And being a woman of color and being in leadership positions has been constantly people trying to step on me, mm -hmm. not take me serious. And, you know, and then if I raise my voice now, I'm an aggressive. You're an angry woman yeah, yeah. or you're an angry brown person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if I'm not angry, then I'm an aggressive woman. Mm. And I'm all these things. And I thought to myself, I can either take that and listen to all of these haters mm -hmm. or I can continue to collect haters mm -hmm. and show them how it's done. Yeah. And that's by my power. And I'm not saying like I'm powerful. No. I'm talking about like my own power as a woman mm -hmm. yeah. and using my empowerment to have kids 
see and watch because they do watch us. Oh, yeah. Every day they watch us, That's right? got to be inspiring to see someone stick up for you like that and not get walked all over, you know? Yeah. It's and, definitely and a ripple effect there. Exactly. And then not just that, but, like, your, your ki- my kids are watching. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been plastered all over, and I'm like, you know what? It's okay because I know mm-hmm. and the people that truly care about me know what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And even those haters later on have come to me and apologized to me because they know that they were wrong. Yeah. That for me is like, don't tell me you're sorry. Show me you're yep. sorry. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I love that. You know, so being a woman in leadership's position and uh, step up has been beautiful because my, my organization is all BIPOC mm-hmm. and is, I've never had a Brown or black boss my mm-hmm. whole career of working. And it's been so beautiful because now I can, f- I can, I'm allowed to feel mm-hmm. I'm allowed to give grace to my advocates, um, give grace to myself and, and be, and feel my feelings because I've been shoving all this hurt down, Mm -hmm. especially in Utah. I shoved everything down because I wasn't allowed to feel anything. Mm -hmm. And when I came here, it's like, it's just like, I've been opening up these oceans of emotions, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and being allowed to feel those feelings. Yes. That's my healing piece right now. Yeah, Beautiful. well, I, I think that that's uh, one of the more upsetting things is that like that you're you're not allowed to feel things like as as a black man, you know, if I get upset, then I'm in, I'm aggressive, mm-hmm. you know. It's mm-hmm. if you if you get emotional, then you're an emotional woman, mm-hmm. and it's 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 invalidating, you yes. know, because yeah. it's like Bullshit. if if anybody if anybody else were to be as upset as you rightfully should be, then they're you know well yeah they're justified, but like in our situations, you know, I, and I don't understand yours from a, a woman perspective, but you know f- just from the the minority perspective, it's like it's I feel like I can't feel these things because then I'm a stereotype. Exactly, and it's yeah you're a wuss, you're a wimp, you're all these yeah. things. One of the things that I really appreciate about my youth is like. I have a lot of of boys, mm-hmm. and I always tell them like, if you don't feel it now, you're gonna feel it later. And when mm-hmm. you feel it, it's gonna be with your hands. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be either by using. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be other forms instead of being in a healthy position where you can feel. Miss yeah. Vero, I can't. I can't do it, Miss Vero. I'm not doing it. And then all of a sudden, like the first time they they start to cry, such a beautiful thing because they were allowed to cry. Yeah, and they were in a safe spot to cry. They're not going to get made fun of for yeah. They're going to be comforted. And then and then instead of apologizing, like I remember when I first came back to the Northwest just a year ago, I kept apologizing for crying, apologizing for feeling sad. And I'm like, stop freaking apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. This is who you are. Apologize. Don't don't apologize. Feel the feel, feel the pain that you have and be okay with that. And I've had to remind myself over and over, like, it's okay, it's okay to feel this. Stop apologizing. And that's what we're so good at as, as brown and black people. We're so good at apologizing mm-hmm. for feeling a certain way. And I'm done with all that. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it anymore. Um, I'm, I'm handling my business the way I need to. I'm stronger because of it. And I'm, I'm allowing other people to, to feel the same way so that way they can grow up and, and be in the positions of, of leadership because they're going to be taking care of me when mm-hmm. I'm older. Mm-hmm. You know, And I need them to remember like, hey, this is Ms. Veto. Wherever yeah. they're at, I don't care if they're the CFO or the, the garbage man or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to be in my life somehow and they have to remember who I was to them so they can take care of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm well, not going to be on the opposite side. Yeah. I, th- I think that, you know, I like even just having like that foresight that like these kids grow up to be adults and these adults make, you know, they further make decisions. Mm-hmm. Yes is you know it, that's i think we just think in the moment like this kid is a is a problem this kid's annoying me this kid is throwing this this kid hit this kid you know and it's like we just see them as a problem like that instead of thinking like what is 
my interaction, what is the the lasting impression that I'm going to leave this person with? Because yes. you really like some of the teachers that I had that like believed in me saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling Amanda that yesterday okay. is like I had teachers that, you know, everybody else was like, oh, you know, he just screws off and he's always making jokes. And, you know, it's just like. I remember I had one teacher that gave me extra time just to finish uh, assignments, uh, excuse me, finish essays, because they knew that when I turned in that essay that it would be fire. But if you held me to the same standard of like, it's got to be within an hour, it's like, when was the last time you had to write an essay in an hour? (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Never, never. So it's like, you can't really judge a student by that. And to, to have the amount of compassion that you do and to... To see them where they're at, you know, and and oh, yeah. and and see the the skills that they have and the people that they can be, instead of being like, oh, you don't fit into the same, uh, you know, the same box that everybody else has. Exactly. It's it takes it takes a lot, and I I think it's really amazing that you've taken not only you know that you've taken your personal experiences and uh, everything else and just you know and use that because some people they they feel those 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 strong feelings and they're like I don't even want to deal with this and even if I did deal with it I don't want to tell anybody that I dealt with it and yeah. you're like not only did I deal with it but I want to help other people deal with it as well exactly and I think too like we're so quick to judge kids oh, look yeah. at the trauma that they're mm-hmm. under constantly especially more so than now yeah. than before right and so uh, kids are always like I know I'm a bad kid no you're not yeah. No, you're not. You're not a bad kid. Mm-hmm. You're making choices because of trauma-based stuff that's happened to you yeah. in the past, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, it's like I have to remind, especially teachers when they come to me or administration, they come to me like, you know, he's just a bad kid. And I, I have to correct them. I'm like, or is it because they've had trauma? Mm. And then they kind of roll their eyes at me. And I'm like, no, sincerely, like, yeah, I, I, I know I was not a bad kid. I did a lot of horrible things. Don't get me wrong. But that was because I was working off trauma yeah mm-hmm. i didn't know how else to to survive right yeah. so i was on survival mode mm-hmm. yeah and if the if people can really understand what survival what why kids do what they do mm-hmm. and they take time time mm-hmm. to talk to them you would not have these kids being disrespectful for no yeah. apparent reason there's a reason always you just gotta look at it and a lot of teachers don't understand the role that they actually play in those students having certain behaviors. If you are trauma informed, if you are willing to meet the students where they're at, I guarantee you it won't be this adversarial like you yeah. versus me kind yes. of dynamic. You can exactly. be friends and peers with leadership. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. I'm going to cry a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're on uh, Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. And you can check us out on Spotify. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at 7 p.m. Friends, Friends of Slop. Pop. Vaporwave. Art rock. Yes. Indie. Rap. Punk. Bob James. Hell yes. It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show with theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're going to like it where I'm going to take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. This is the uh, one of my favorite parts of the show mm-hmm. uh, and very necessary for today. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called The Joke Break. Um, and in order to do this, we, uh, we draw a card from a little card game called Let's Get Real, Bro. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, let's Sponsor go ahead. Us. Yeah. <laughs> 
but we're going to go ahead and check out this question and uh, let's let's get to it. So it says, let's see, what does a well-lived life look like to you? Ooh. What does a well-lived Ooh. life look to you? Um, we're going to go around the circle. Uh, Amanda, go ahead and start us off. Um... I mean, I fucking hate having money. We have to do it. It's the thing we need to survive, I guess, whatever. Mm. But um, a well-lived life is just uh, embracing things as they come up, I feel like, is a big thing. I think a lot of suffering comes from, like, being frustrated things aren't going your own way or uh, you don't have what you want. But I think just, like, being able to go with the flow and having people in your corner that you can open up to and have fun with and treating life like an adventure. I uh, Zane knows this about me. I don't like to plan. I'm very spontaneous. It drives me crazy. Uh, and that's one of my favorite things about myself. It's driving <laughs> me crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. My favorite thing is annoying Zane. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's my version of well of life, you know? Yeah. If Zane's annoyed, I'm doing it right. Probably doing something right. Uh, just be in no. the moment and have good people around you and don't take life too seriously. Laugh as much as you can yeah. when you can. Especially yourself, because, oh, boy, I do some dumb shit. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> you can't laugh at yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Then you cry with yourself. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. As long as you're white. <laughs> <laughs> that's All right, well, Malik, go ahead and uh, tell us what a well-lived life looks like to you. A well-lived life looks like saying this is what I wanted to be when I was a little kid. Mm. Mm. I wanted to be on TV as a little kid. I wanted to be a rock star as a kid. I wanted to be a role model as a kid. Um, I didn't really understand why, but I knew that that's what I wanted. And for me, um, what it has meant to attempt to live my life well is to take those childhood dreams very seriously and pursue them um, in every moment of every day with utmost passion And I had this experience when I was like really young in school. I don't know if I, I don't think I've said this on the show yet, but one of my teachers was like asking all the students, what do you want to be when you grow up? Someone said an astronaut, someone said a teacher, someone said a scientist. I said, I want to be a rock star. I want to be on TV. I want to be in movies. I want to do all these things. This motherfucker looked at my my (laughs) 10 year old face and said, no, how are you going to pay rent? Uh That's not realistic. And I'm 10. I don't have to pay rent. Right. What's rent? (laughs) Some of my parents seem all stressed out about (laughs) it. And what that showed me in hindsight is like, this is someone that convinced themselves that their dream is not realistic and they had to do something that would allow them to pay rent and do whatever fucking adults feel like they have to do. But I didn't have to make that same choice. I can take my dream seriously just as much as paying rent, just as much as eating food and breathing air. And because of that, I know that I've already been living my life well and I could have a lot more money. I could have a lot more freedom. I could have a lot more comfort, but I've never been more connected to my dreams and knowing Mm. that I'm in the pursuit of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Drop a clue bomb yeah. on that. God. Yeah, Damn. that was awesome. Yeah. I can't follow after that. Yeah, yeah. No, neither can I. So that's the end of the joke break. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about that last night too, Zane, about like people who had to give up on their dreams are like always like, well, you can't do that. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's just like, let people try. Whatever. Also, like it, we don't all want the same things in life anyway. So. Right, right. Yeah. Veronica. Okay, I'm next. Um, I actually thought about this a, a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of like 
reflecting. And uh, my kid was saying to me, how do you know, how, how did you, how did you know you were going to be here today, mom? Mm. Because all of your, everything that you've ever wanted to accomplish, you've accomplished. And I said, son, I want you to know right now, I didn't know mm. that I was going to be where I am today. I, I, I had an idea because I, I pursued it, right? Right. But I didn't understand why certain things were happening to me. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why was I adopted? Why was I on the streets of Mexico? Why did bad things happen to me? And always, you know, asking the universe or asking God, like, why me? Now I look back at all those moments. Now I understand why. Now I understand why, not just why, but when and how. And it's got me to the place where I am now. So I can be that person for somebody that needs those same questions answered. Um, I never thought that I would like look back in time and say, I would never change any of those horrible moments, Mm. those hardships, the sadness, the happiness too, but all of those hard things that was happening to me and the experiences that I had to go through because I wouldn't be here today and who I Mm -hmm. am today. And that's a well-lived life. Like you now you get it. You are seeing all of that, all the stuff that happened to you. You're now seeing it come to life because mm-hmm. it's all unfolding in front of you. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Well, and I think it's really important to to be able to look at like some of those negative experiences. And even though they are negative in the moment and even negative afterwards, it's understanding that like because you've lived that, you have a perspective on that that somebody yes. else may not, and you can offer comfort that somebody else can't. True. Yeah. 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 It's really easy to feel like, oh, I'm going through all this shit and everything's just so hard. Like, fuck everything. But we go through everything so that we can get through it so that yeah. we can channel it into, into something beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or help other people who are going through it that need some guidance. Yeah. And also, like, I, my, I was telling my child, uh, my kid, because of all of this, um, that experiences, I can help somebody else get to their destiny. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose of life. It's like you and I, we are all meant to help each other get back to our destiny. Mm. We weren't meant to judge each other. We weren't meant to go and act like fools and mm. mistreat people. That's yeah. not what we were meant to do in my eyes anyways. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I have to look at it like, okay, um, all these people come and play an important role in my life. And that's to either A, derail me from my destiny mm. or get me to my destiny. I like destiny. Yeah. That's great. Honestly, yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting perspective because it's I feel like when when we're handed those people in our life where you're like, this isn't helping. Why the hell are you here? Yes. It's like it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it is helping yeah. because I feel like the people who are there to derail you also like put you more on that road because yes. it's like mm-hmm. then you know why you're doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like you might have just wanted to do it and it's not till somebody's just like, Don't do it, you can't do it that like, like you reaffirm you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that you reaffirm to yourself, yeah. you know, why you're doing it. Exactly. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a really, I really I like it. that perspective. I really mm-hmm. like that perspective. Me too. What about you, Zane? What mm. do you believe is a well-lived life? What, what does a well-lived life look like? Uh, the uh, alliteration is what that's... Well-lived life, look, look. <laughs> Live life, laugh, love. Uh, well-lived life to me, I guess, as somebody who kind of overworks themselves... Kind of. 
<laughs> fair. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I guess it's it's uh, it's being able to sleep at the end of the day, knowing that I did everything that I wanted to do. You know, and it, not only that I wanted to do, but the things that I had to do. Like there's days that I don't want to go to work, but there's days that I go to work, and once I get off work, I do the things that are my passion, the things that are this podcast. The I woke up this morning and I was mm-hmm. like, man, I just did like two shows this week and I'm exhausted and I would love nothing more than to just sleep a little bit longer. But it's like, I know that if I wake up early that I'm going to do this show. And when I go to bed or later that I will be able to sleep and be comfortable with the fact knowing that I did everything I could today to, to make it, to get me closer to whatever I, I want to be. And I really liked what you said about, you know, talking to your, your kid about like, uh, you know, how did you know you were going to be here? And it's like, I did not know I was going to be here. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is such an important thing to, to, to almost even communicate to, to, to kids is that yeah. you don't know where you're going to be. You have a, you have a rough idea where you'd like to be. And the way sure. that you get there, I think, I think the best way to get to that place is knowing that it's not a straight line. That's yeah. just, just because you you had a plan to go to one place doesn't mean that like it wasn't a good trip because you stopped off at a couple other places. Yeah. You know, and that's something I honestly had to learn from Amanda. Is, is, there you go. I, I mean, I knew it. Uh, but credit where credits due is yeah. that. You know, I, I get up, you know, I get upset, I get anxious, I get, I feel all the things because, you know, because I have a plan. And when that plan goes, you know, like you said, off the rails, it makes me feel out of control. It makes me, you know, feel powerless. And it's like, yeah, well, that's kind of how it is anyways. You know, like things are out of your control to a certain extent. You can have a plan, you can have a great plan, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. plan for your plan, not going to plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You're planning, not planning. I can't handle you. <laughs> my brain. I'm gonna plan not to plan things. <laughs> Put in my schedule. <laughs> if there's time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like in pencil. In. Wow. But um, you know, I guess a well-lived life to me is is I mean, really, like by the end of my life, I want to have accomplished the things that I want to accomplish. But more importantly than that, I want to give the time to the people who have helped me get to those places. Yeah. Because I I have so many people in my corner, uh, Amanda, Malik, and, you know, I feel like even you, just Wonder. having met you today, yeah. I feel like I have so many people in my corner that have uh, helped me be honest, that have helped me be authentic, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you said, it was it's about getting other people to that position. It's like I have gotten to where I'm at. I've gotten, I get to do this awesome podcast. I get to do another one. I get to be on the radio. I get to do stand-up and, and music. I, I, I'm doing all the cool things. It's like, how do I get you to the next spot? How do I see, how do I see you live a a life well lived? Yeah. Yeah. So that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, I, I've had so many different ideas about what a well-lived life is. Oh, well maybe it's, you know, maybe it's getting famous, you know? And then it's like you, you get the, the, the fame or the popularity or whatever. And you're like, wow, I feel empty. Um, you know, and I feel like that's, that's almost the problem with like destinations is that we wrap ourselves up in the idea that like, once we get there, then, then we can be happy. And then if we get there and we're not happy, we're like, but I wasted all this time trying to get to Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's enjoying the trip. It's in enjoying the people that you're, you're taking the trip with. It's, it's so many of those things that I'm, I'm learning more and more what I think a well-lived life will look like. I don't know. 
any yeah. more today than I did yesterday, but I'll probably have a better idea tomorrow. Mm. And then changes and evolves. I always try to tell people when they're stressed out about like where they're not, they're not at a place where they want to be in like their career or their, you know, artistic endeavor, whatever it is to be like, if everything goes how you want, if you keep getting better every time you do it, you'll never be here again. So enjoy being here. Even if you're like, this sucks. It's like, yeah, but one day you'll be like, I wish I could go back to like when, uh, you know, <laughs> life was quieter and I didn't have all these expectations mm-hmm. or all these things I had to do and people mm-hmm. didn't really like count on me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, just enjoy, even if it's not where you want to be, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, luckily, if you keep moving forward, you'll never be back there again. Yeah. Or if you are back there, now you have the skills and the tools to like get yourself out of there faster as opposed to just staying there. So, yeah. Excellent. Dope. Well, we are going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Radio Seance. Radio Seance, where we play some songs and then make some bad jokes. Yeah, it's a sonic journey through the fabric, fabric, fabric of time. Tuesday nights at 8. Shady Pines Radio. With your psychic friends. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Check us out on Spotify. I've said that multiple times. This is my favorite part of the show, uh, and it's... What are you excited for? Uh, yeah. Let's go red. Go red. Go ahead and go around the circle. Amanda Lynn Deal, what are you excited for? Um, I'm actually really excited for the Portland's Funniest Person competition. This is, I think, my fourth year competing. I always go through the first round, um, and then I usually do something stupid the second round. <laughs> I'm usually the person who tells her to do the stupid thing. <laughs> I mean, I also have that voice in my brain, too, so <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> cheeky. But I was thinking about it last night before I went to sleep. And I just like got really excited, not because like I'm going to win it. It's like that's not the purpose of it. It is just having fun and being better than I was the last year. Maybe I'll see each year and be like, wow, I have gotten better, more comfortable, more confident. But I just had this like really, um, I guess for the first time, not this anxious, competitive feeling, but this really like excited to be, see my friends perform and perform and just like have that community thing and just getting excited about um, like showcasing because I, I, I'm at a point where I have, like, too many jokes. <laughs> I have to figure out which ones I want to do this yeah. year. I'm like, that's a good problem to yeah. have. Oh, like, yeah. And uh, it's exciting. So I'm just excited to um, kind of do the competition and see my friends and root them on and have fun. Yeah. Wow. That's I, cool. I think nice. that's really cool. I, uh, I've definitely, like, I've, <laughs> I've done songs because I didn't have any other songs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely cool that you're, in, that you're in a spot that you're just like, which ones do I want to do? Not the ones, which, not which ones do I have to do because yeah. how else do I fill this time? Yeah. So. And I'll be up this Tuesday the 31st at 7 p.m. at Helium Comedy Club. Yeah, sure. check so it check out. It out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to, so anybody's invited to go to that? Yep. Yeah. There's tickets. No, you're invited to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you call the box office and say my name, you get half off tickets. Otherwise, Ooh. it's like 15 bucks at the door. Wait, if we say your name and Zane's name, do we get him for fucking free? I no, they, we're not on the same <laughs> show. <laughs> and fun. they double it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't say Zane's yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not back to back or three times. Um, <laughs> three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, I'm excited for you, and I think that that's 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 really cool. Um, especially the whole having fun thing, because that was something that you you had instilled in me when I had went to the the competition. Excuse me, when I went to the finals mm-hmm. a couple years ago, you're yeah, just like just have final. fun. What? 
And it was it was something that like I forget about because it's like when I care about something too much, that's usually that's when I'm app. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, yeah, that's when I mess it up. Is I'm just like I'm just like don't mess this up, and then I mess it up because I'm thinking about not messing it up. Yeah, yeah. All so, your brain hears is mess up, mess up, mess yeah, up. Yeah, for real. Have you ever tried to freestyle and not say a word? Uh, oh, you'll end man. up saying that word. Uh, oh man. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for you, Malik. What are you excited for? I am excited for uh, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning because uh, I will have known if I got this promotion that I applied for to be the lead advocate for uh, the Step Up crew at McDaniel. I feel like I killed my interview. I was oozing with confidence. I felt very comfortable. Um, And uh, yeah, I just I, I feel really good about it. I don't feel like the only other time I felt anywhere near as confident in my interview was when I interviewed to become an advocate a year ago. Mm. And so now that I'm here uh, doing this interview for the lead advocate, I feel even more confident than I did a year ago. And so I'm just super excited. I don't know for sure if I got it. And if I didn't, I know the person that did is going to be great in the position. Yeah, that's good. And uh, we made an agreement. Whoever, whoever gets hired buys the other person lunch. So that's sweet. I love that. It's not competitive. It's all community. I was going to suggest it. I was like, listen, you're making a little bit more. You can pay a little bit yep. more. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's well, a win-win. No, that's really, the vibe. that's really cool. Uh, and just, you know, if I can uh, borrow a second of your time, just what, kind of got you into advocacy oh shit man not having advocacy there Um, you go you know know. just being a being a kid that was on the verge of falling through the cracks I had gotten expelled in my sophomore year somewhere around the halfway mark and I was like okay well I got expelled um I really love rapping so I'm just going to not go to school um, I'm just gonna try to make it in music and fuck school and fuck grownups and mm. I don't care about anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I just was very fortunate enough to end up being placed in a alternative uh, uh, private school called Rosemary Anderson. Shout out to them. They also go by POIC. I know a lot of people are connected to them. Um, and they just seem to have a lot of adults in the building that really care a lot about the students that they serve. And for the first time in my life, I had adults outside of my family that wanted to see me succeed and wanted to actually like help me expand my toolbox so that I could actually build a bridge to success. And so seeing how their work with me impacted me, um, as soon as I was getting ready to graduate, I knew like, that's what I want to do. Yes, I want to do music. Yes, I want to be on TV, this, that, and the third. But just as important as that is being in that role where I'm, you know, guiding the next generation, you know, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not getting them in trouble, but I'm guiding them to where they want to be in their lives. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think it's, I think it's important just what you said about guiding is, you know, that's. The, it's when you try and control that, like people, you know, rebel. That's that's yes. it's mm-hmm. yeah. The power dynamic of you have to do this because I said so thing. It's like exactly. I'm not gonna fucking listen because to you. I said so <laughs> is the worst yeah. answer Ew. fucking ever. Thank you. Yeah, yes. that is an answer that, that people give when they don't have an answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been doing this forever. <laughs> trauma cycles. <laughs> and, and having an adult that believes in you, you know, there's so much power in that. And yeah. I definitely want to shout out my guy Andre. 
I don't know if he's listening to this. I'm going to send it to him, so he has to. Yeah. Um, but he was... Hit he that was, follow button, Andre. Hit that follow button, man. <laughs> he was the first uh, black man to ever be in a leadership position that I was following, and he was uh, he was the template for me. So shout out awesome. to you. Hell yeah. Big Dre, love you. Hope to talk to you soon. Right. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love to hear what people are excited for, and I am looking just as forward to hearing what you're excited for, Veronica. Oh, boy, a lot. Um, I am recently, I'm about to go to Mexico, and Ooh. I haven't seen my family for a minute, so it's really important for me to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just... You know, I've been working really, really hard. Um, I'm a, the new girl coming in to a space that has already been pre-made before me. And so there was a lot of downs and ups and downs. And I felt like, okay, I need, um, I was first internalizing it. And then I realized, nah, nah, you kicked ass. Mm-hmm. Stop second guessing yourself. Oh, yeah. You tried your hardest and now go on vacation mm-hmm. and yes. go chill. <laughs> yes. you know, the ocean, yeah. Really, yeah, the ocean really does a lot for me. It like mm-hmm. helps me just cleanse. Mm-hmm. And I know we have the ocean here too, but going back home to my country, yeah. to being with my people, my sister, and just chilling is bringing yeah. me a lot of excitement because I'm excited to get back to the school year because this next school year is going to rock. It's, yeah. There's gonna be more ups yes. than there were our downs. So yeah, yeah and you're I'm gonna to bring jam. that home energy with mm-hmm. you into the next year. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I'm no expert on this, but I think it's important to relax. Uh, <laughs> I'm an expert on not doing it, yeah. so I know it's important. Uh, <laughs> I've been telling yeah. you this for years. Right? <laughs> Relaxing is important, man. Because if you don't. Uh, stress. I always tell people. It's better to better, burn out than fade away. Yeah. I'm burnt out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish take, I could fade you away. Take care of number one before you can take care of two, three, and four. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So yeah. Yeah. handle it. That's yep. one of my favorite Veto sayings. Yeah. Yeah. I always say it. Another yeah. one of my favorites is handle your business. <laughs> I say that so <laughs> much now. I love it. Or 100%. Oh. Yeah. I have everybody <laughs> saying that now. Oh, that's, yeah. If you listen back to these episodes, I think that's yeah, I'm like 100%. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> handle your business. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> No, I think that that's uh, I think that's really cool that uh, you're you're just you're you're making time, you know, yeah. and you're not feeling guilty about it because I feel like a lot of the times when we when we get opportunities like that, uh, it's you know you're like oh you know well there's all this stuff and like you know maybe I don't deserve it and maybe I'm just skipping out or you know there's you can find a million reasons not to relax yeah. and oh yeah and a lot of brown people aren't allowed to relax it's, yeah it's just gonna say that we're always looked upon as always overworked because we do we mm, overwork yeah. ourselves. And then, like, I was just, I think I was sharing this yesterday. Um, when I go to Mexico, my family's, so just, uh, I, I didn't ever tell you. So I was adopted, but then I was able to find my family about four mm, years beautiful. ago. Beautiful. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank uh, you. I'm, hey, happy ending right here. Yeah, yeah 100%. And also my original uh, siblings that we are all, we were all grown up together. Mm-hmm. We were all split, split up. Mm. I was able to find them as well. Wow. So wonderful. So I'll share that story later. But um, I remember saying, like, America, Americans are so, we're so busy all the time. Everything is high stress or fast paced, mm-hmm. right? Capitalism. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I go home, um, everything is very just quiet and slower paced. And mm-hmm. the first week, my my family's always getting after me because they're always like, you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you, Relax. why are you, <laughs> you know, going here, there and everywhere? And I'm like, 
So this time, like, I'm trying to be very mindful of when I go there. Need to relax quickly. Yes. She'll <laughs> <laughs> like, immediately so they don't get after me. <laughs> and that's the place to do it. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. What are you excited for, Zane? What am I excited for? Well, I'm excited for uh, everyone to listen to me cry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm excited to listen back to this episode. I genuinely had a really good time. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's sometimes you, you have guests and... Uh, uh, it's you meet somebody. It's the thing I like about the smoke break is that like I know that I don't know everything, but I know I can learn something from everyone. And mm. that that is the thing that I every time I go out for a cigarette break, you know, metaphorically or, you know, figuratively or whatever, it's it's knowing that like I could either stand out there and be like, all right, I'm going to go do this disgusting habit by myself and do it super fast and get inside. Or <laughs> I can take a second. There's somebody else out here and just be like, Hey, what are you excited for? And get to know somebody and get yeah. to know their story and, yes. and find out, you know, about, uh, what's, what they're passionate about. Um, and yeah, that's, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So, uh, with that, I did want to ask you one last question before we wrap this up. Um, and that is, how do you think we can reframe uh, our society when I say we? How do you think we can reframe our outlook on gangs and make it a more positive outlook and see it more as a, as a family and a support system than a, a problem or a yeah. violent group? Wow, I love the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I say this quite often to people that don't know anything about gangs or they think because they're dressed a certain way mm-hmm. or that they're brown and black that they must be in a gang, right? Uh, tattoos is a big one. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks, oh, you got a tattoo, you must be in a gang. I just think you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always tell people, like, get to know the person because you don't know if they were born into it mm-hmm. or why do you think gangs exist? Because mm, yeah. there's, a, there's a sense of belonging, right? Yeah. If the school isn't going to get them and our community isn't going to get them. And their families don't get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they're going to go to the next thing, which is the gang life. And so, and even if they are into the gang life, that doesn't mean that they're violent offenders mm. or that they want to go and blow up things, right? That usually means is that they don't have a family that they can mm. go to, a sense of belonging, sense of love. Mm-hmm. And so as humans, especially young uh, kids, they, they want to belong. Uh, why do you think peer pressure is so huge? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there's this notion that if you're in a gang, you must be this horrible, unruly person, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're not. So being patient, understanding where they're coming from, understanding their their path, their yeah. life, their history, and um, treating them like a normal kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's it's the the thing that I kind of get from that is that like we have to ask one more question, you know, and that like that question is like why. Yeah. You know, instead of just looking at it as a problem and being like, oh, you know, like, and it's like, and it's a genuine why, not like, why are they in gangs? It's like, why are they in gangs? You know, like, what is the thing that they're looking for? What are they missing outside of this that they feel like they find in this group? Mm -hmm. The approach. Mm -hmm. It's always about the approach. I remember um, a a principal said to roll, you know, he was shaking his head Mm -hmm. because I had just finished telling a a student um, to go back to class and he shakes his head and I said, what? And he's like, how, how do you do it? How do you get these kids to listen to you? I don't get it. And I said, do you want to know the truth or do you want me to lie to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I need to know. And I said, it's your approach. Yep. You, they already know that you're in power, right? Because you're, 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 
your principal. Mm -hmm. They already know that you have all of this stuff uh, over them. So why don't you just do your approach differently? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their approach is going to get you um, more respect than when you decide to do the opposite approach, which is get to class or do this and do that. Mm. Show a lot of love and kindness to that. And yeah. kindness goes a long ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. It costs nothing, but it changes the soul tremendously. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. When beautiful. you show the, the kid that you care more about them and their lives and their feelings than where this piece of paper says that they're supposed to be in yeah. this time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think it's it has a lot to do with with validating, you know, someone's humanity and yes. just yes. not not talking down to people because most people know what they should be doing. Most people know what they shouldn't be doing. But, you know, sometimes it just takes a uh, somebody reminding you in a, in a helpful way, not a way that makes them feel better because they said something. Right. So cool. excellent. Yeah. This has been such an awesome episode of the smoke break. I really, yes. like I said, I cannot wait to listen back to this. And I, you know, I said it at the beginning of the episode. I'm like, this is going to be the one I point people to. <laughs> I said that. I said it's that. Yeah. My cry. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> beautiful. We should have Zane cries. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's actually going to just be the name of the episode is Zane cries. Uh, <laughs> awesome. But yeah, it's been such a uh, such a pleasure having you. Um, and I made you cry. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Hey, it's the first time. It it's the first time, so, man. Something forty-three funny, episodes. Um, when I was telling Zane that I wanted you to be on this episode, I told, I asked him, "Has a guest ever cried on the show?" He said, "No." And I was like, "Well, this might be the one." Oh, <laughs> beautiful. My God. Called it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks.